22 is where we are going to start tonight. We are going to look at three different sections of scripture. We'll move along pretty quickly. Thank you very much. We will move along pretty quickly um, because what we are doing tonight is um, we've finished our Christmas series, believe it or not. We will start Ephesians in the new year. Now, next Wednesday, the first Wednesday of the year, we will start out the year with a night of worship and communion. So that'll be next Wednesday. Uh, but we will start uh, Ephesians after that. And so what we're doing tonight is looking at how to finish well, how to finish off the year well, uh, despite what might have happened throughout the year. And uh, we are going to start with a video first uh, to introduce our study. So let's turn our attention toward the screens for a moment. All right, what did he do? Well, did a lot of things, but in the end, he finished well. Now, he didn't win the race. Obviously, he was way, way out of the race. It was, he was nowhere near the, the front. But as far as his integrity is concerned, and we saw a moment of humility there, well, probably a little more than a, than a moment. Uh, but we saw some humility, some humbling, not on, not on his own, you know, of his own volition. But in the end, he gets up after having uh, fallen, made that mistake. He makes his way to his feet and finishes the race, and he finished well. We all look at that, and that's a video that we would watch on our own, and we would laugh, right? Some of us would laugh. I would be one of those ones laughing. And uh, but at the end. We go, man, he got up and he finished. Because had it been me, now, you see how short I am, there's no way that I would have been running hurdles. In fact, I don't run. But had that been me, I would have got up and I would have run right out of the stadium to my car and I would have just drove home and deleted all of my social media and never you know, said anything to any, I would have moved to Alaska, grown a beard, Lived in a log cabin. No one would have ever seen me again. What happened to Chris tomorrow? I don't know. Last thing I know, he fell over a hurdle. We never saw him again. Okay? But this gentleman got himself back up and did his best to finish the race. Now, that's a basic, man. That's Those of you that play sports, those of you that play sports, you know. Whether it's your parents or the coach. If you're running, if you're, you know, you're doing some kind of activity in sports and you mess up, they always tell you, hey, you finish running. Don't just, don't just give up. You finish running. They're always yelling at you to do that. He was trained to do that, and that's what he did. Some of us, this past calendar year, as far as our walk with Jesus, may have looked like that. Did you see him at the beginning? He's like, you know, he's like, hey, you know, he's pointing to his, like, his wrist, like, you know, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm about to, you know, I'm about to, to burn this track right now. And then he looks at God. Oh, yeah, that's right. I got to give him glory. But you could tell, man, he was prideful. He was confident of, of his abilities. He knew that he was going to get out there on that race and just dust everybody. And the very first thing, he never even made it past the first hurdle. And so there was that, that moment of humbling. And again, that obviously lingered on. I'm sure he was not happy to be in that stadium at all. But for some of us, our walk with Jesus may look like that from this year. And as we're finishing off a calendar year, we're going, man, like, like how, do I, how do I get better at this thing? At least that's, I, I do that every year. I'm doing that now. Like just, just looking at my life over the past year and thinking about uh, mistakes that I made, decisions that I made and going, man, how can I do better in 2024? Like, like how can it, if I survived 2024, 
Like, how can I finish even better next year than I did this year? And again, looking back and analyzing and reevaluating what I did this year. And I think that all of us should be doing that, especially as we head toward uh, Sunday night, the 31st, and then obviously Monday the 1st. Well, we're going to talk about finishing well tonight. And I've got three different sections to share with you. Here are the three sections. There's the falling, which we just saw. But then there comes the forgiveness. And so we're going to look at a man named Peter who fell. We're going to see him forgiven. And then we are going to see him finish well. We're going to start in Luke chapter 22. And we'll pick it up at verse 31. I'll put those verses right here for you. We'll look at two different sections as it pertains to the falling. Uh, I, I uh, put this AC, like cranked it down because we were all coming in here and it was getting all hot and now it's getting cold. Um, but Luke 22 verses 31 through 34 is where we'll start. And it says here in verse 31, and the Lord said, Simon, Simon. Now this is Jesus speaking to Peter. Now, just so you know, you go, well, I thought you said Peter. He's talking to Simon. Well, Simon, Peter, that was his name. Okay, And the Lord said, this is Jesus, Simon, Simon, indeed Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. Okay, Because they would, put, they would sift wheat. They would shake it in order to uh, separate it. And he's saying that Satan wants to get you and just shake your life up, man. He wants to ruin your life. Verse 32, Jesus says, but I have prayed for you, he tells him. And here's what he prayed, that your faith should not fail. Now, this is interesting because as we read on, we're going to, we're going to think is, man, Peter's faith really failed. Well, his faith did fail, but what Jesus is talking about is he's saying, listen, your faith isn't going to fail to the point that you lose your salvation, that you're gone, that you no longer know me, that you don't have a relationship with me. That's what he's telling him. He says, I'm praying for you. I've prayed for you. So that, he says, you're going to be sifted, you're going to be tested, you're going to be pushed to the limit. You're going to go through some rough times. But your faith, even though you are going to fail, your faith is not going to end. When you come out of it, you will still, your faith will still be intact. He says, verse 32, and when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. So see, Jesus is telling them, after the sifting, after the testing, after the messing up, I have a job for you. What Jesus was saying. That's great news for us because some of us have messed up as we say royally this year. And sometimes we go, man, is, is there any hope for me? Is there like, can God even still use me? This is great news. Peter uh, is, is proof that we can still be used. Now, we see in verses 33 and 34, the same thing that we just saw in the video. It starts with pride, right? Because pride comes before the Anybody? Pride comes before the, the fall. Thank you very much. It says, but he said to him, so this is Peter's response to Jesus when he said, Satan wants to sift you. He says, Lord, I am ready to go with you, both to prison and to death. You see those three words there in verse 33? There's the pride. I am ready. It's funny how we always think that we're ready like for God's best. Like we always think that, you know, God, I'm praying for this, you know. I'm praying, Lord, that you would send me the perfect guy or girl. I'm ready, Lord. And we think we're ready. We think we're ready. But oftentimes, it's pride. 
we think, you know, come on, God, give it to me. Like, give him to me or give her to me or give that thing that I'm praying for. Give it to me because I'm ready. I'm ready to receive it. And God knows better. He knows we're not ready to receive it. Peter was not ready for all of this, although he thinks he is. He's confident in his abilities, but he ought not be because he doesn't have the abilities. Okay? And it says in verse 34, then he said, that's Jesus, they're having this conversation. So Peter says, hey, I'm ready to go with you, you know, to, to prison and to die. I'll die for you. Bold words. Verse 34, Jesus says to him, I tell you, Peter, the rooster shall not crow this day before you will deny me three times that you know me. Now, people get all twisted up about, oh, it's translated this way and that way. Here's the point. What Jesus is saying is, listen, before the root, you're going to deny me three times. That's basically, essentially, it's what he's telling him. He's saying, today, you're going to deny me three times. You're going to deny that you even know me. You're going to deny that you belong to me. And Peter's thinking, this is crazy. Peter's thinking, man, I've been with you for three years, man. Like, no way. You know, you, you, you know my family. There's no way I'm going to deny you. Everybody knows that I know you. There's no way I'm going to deny you. It starts with pride, but then notice this. In verses 54 and 55, his position becomes a problem. Have you noticed that? That sometimes your position is like you're in the wrong place. Verse 54 says, having arrested him. Now, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I forgot to mention this. We've, I'm getting so excited. Let's skip down to verse 54. If you're in Luke chapter 22, skip down to verse 54. Now, this is after the conversation. And Jesus is being arrested, and it says this. Now, when they had, uh, I'm sorry, having arrested him, that's Jesus, they led him and brought him into the high priest's house. But Peter followed at a distance. See his position there? Some people, they want to get into the back of the truck. And they want to get as far away from the cab, the front, as they can. And they want to sit against the tailgate. You ever seen those people? Now, we don't do that anymore here uh, in the U.S. We used to do that back in the good old days, okay? But we don't do that anymore. Now, once in a while when we go to Mexico, we'll jump in the back of the truck. Don't tell your parents. Hopefully, they're not watching YouTube. But sometimes we'll, 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 we'll get in the back of the truck and cruise around town, just around town. And there's always the people that want to sit in the back. And they're just like hanging off as far as they can get. Or they sit back there and the, the wind's blowing through their hair. And they're just like, you could tell in their mind, they're just like, get your motor running. And they're just feeling like, oh, man, I'm really living. But then there are people who go, no, man. They go over a bad bounce. That tailgate pops open. Those people all fly out. And so then there are the people who go, no, I'm going to get as close as I can to the cab of the truck, the front of the truck. Okay. Notice where Peter's at. Followed at a distance. Okay? That becomes a problem. He stays behind. Let me put it up there for you. He stayed behind. Not a good place to be as far as it, as it goes to Jesus. What you want to do is you want to get as close as you can to Jesus. But some of us this year have messed around and tried to get... It's like that we ask the question, how far away from Jesus can I get? That's the wrong question. How far away from Jesus can I get but still be a Christian. But I want to be kind of like one of those edgy Christians. So like, how far away from Jesus can I get? Can I listen? You know, what kind of music can I listen to? 
You know, can I listen to this kind of music but still be a Christian? Can I watch this kind of videos but still be a Christian? Can I go out to these parties but still be a Christian? Like we, we're, we're always flirting like, like, like how far away from Jesus can I get and, but, but still be a Christian? That's the wrong question. The right question is how close to Jesus can I get? Peter has put himself in a bad position. But look at verse 55. Now, when they had kindled a fire in the midst of the courtyard and sat down together. Those are the people that have arrested Jesus. It says, Peter sat among them. Notice his position. He stayed behind. Bad start. But then he sat among them. Sat among who? He sat among the enemies of Jesus. Rather than sitting by Jesus and going, hey, man, we're in this together forever, tougher than leather. He says, I'm going to sit over here. And I can see Jesus from a distance, but I'm going to sit over here with the enemies. Have you noticed that? Have you noticed that sometimes you do that? I remember when I, I had not been saved for very long. It's a long time ago. I had not been saved for very long. And um, I'll spare you all the gory details, but we used to, me and my friends and my girlfriend at the time, we used to, we used to go to the nightclubs all the time. And uh, there was this one particular nightclub that we used to go to. And I remember that me and my girlfriend and my cousin, we used to go to this nightclub from time to time. Well, all three of us had gotten saved. And um, we were like, hey, man, like, we're saved, but we can still go. And it was like on a Tuesday night or Wednesday night or something. We probably, it was probably a Wednesday night. We were probably supposed to be in church, but we decided let's go to the nightclub. Plus, on that night, they had free food. So, you know, so we went and I think we probably lasted about 15 or 20 minutes. We went in, we got a little bit of the food, sitting down eating, music's playing. We're looking around and all three of us are quiet and we're just kind of, I mean, it's loud in there, but we're all kind of quiet. And man, I, the Lord was like on my heart, like, hey, th this ain't your spot anymore. This, this is not your deal. But it was just happening in my heart. And then it's like, Oh, man. And um, so I turned to my girlfriend and my cousin, and I said, hey, I don't think we're supposed to be here. And they both said, we don't think so either. It's like, let's get out of here. Never went back to that place ever again for the rest of my life. I was positioning myself. I was, I was, I was putting myself in a bad position, sitting among them. It wasn't the place for me. And for Peter, he's in the wrong spot. You see what he's doing? He's setting himself up for a fall. You see that? Setting himself up for a fall. Now, notice this. This is a play on words. You're going to love it. Just kidding. You probably won't, but I do. He petered out. I don't know if you've ever heard that phrase. That's an actual official phrase. You can find that in the dictionary. He petered out. It really is more of an older phrase. We used to use that. I remember hearing that like when I was little. He petered out. But it means that... He just grew weak and just faded out. And where did, that, where did that phrase come from? Right here. Look at verse 56. And a certain servant girl, a servant girl, seeing him as he sat by the fire, looked intently at him and said, this man was also with him, with Jesus. And here's Peter in verse 57, but he denied him, saying, woman, I do not know him. There's the first denial. And after a little while, another saw him and said, you also are of them. But Peter said, man, 
I am not. There's the second denial. Verse 59, then after about an hour had passed, another confidently affirmed, saying, Surely this fellow also was with him, for he is a Galilean. But Peter said, Man, I do not know what you are saying. Immediately, while he was still speaking, the rooster crowed. And the Lord, that's Jesus, turned and looked at Peter. Then Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he had said to him, Before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. So Peter went out and wept bitterly the fall. And maybe that's some of us tonight. Like maybe we're looking back at the year and going, yeah, you know what? Maybe, maybe you had good grades. Maybe you did well in sports. Maybe, maybe everything was good at home for you. But in your walk with the Lord, in your spiritual life, you had a fall. You messed up. You blew it. Welcome to the club. But what do you do now? What do I do now? If I want to finish well, what do I got to do? I'm glad that you asked. Let's move on to the next section, which is forgiven. And for that, we're going to turn to John chapter 21. So uh, right now you're in Luke, okay? You're going to turn to the next book, which is John, John chapter 21. John chapter 21. Give you a second to get there. This is perhaps the most important part. Uh, obviously, the fall is not the, the most important part. It's not the part that we like. This, this section on forgiven is perhaps the most important part, but obviously the next part that we get into will be the finishing well, and we want to know how to do that. But how do I go from a fall to finishing well? As far as my, my relationship with the Lord is concerned, how do I do that? Well, let's drop in on this scene, John chapter 21, and this breakfast that is stirring here. But look at this in verse 1 of John chapter 21. After these things, now this is after Jesus had already resurrected. Okay, so we're moving forward from the scene that we were just at. He's been crucified. He's resurrected by this point. And it says, after these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias, and in this way he showed himself. Simon Peter, these are, these are the people that were there. Simon Peter, Thomas called the twin, Nathaniel Suarez of Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two others of his disciples were together, so they're all together. Simon Peter said to them, I am going fishing. They said to him, we are going with you also. So you can tell Peter, he's kind of like the leader. They went out and immediately got into the boat, and that night they caught nothing. But when the morning had now come, Jesus stood on the shore. Now, this is Jesus after having been resurrected. Yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Then Jesus said to them, children, I love this. Children, have you any food? They answered him from the boat, no. And he said to them, cast the net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. So they cast and now they were not able to draw it in because of the multitude of fish. And look what happens here in verse 7. Therefore, that disciple whom Jesus loved, now just in case you don't know, that's John, okay, the writer of this book. Therefore, that disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it is the Lord. In other words, it's Jesus. He tells Peter, it's Jesus. Now, when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment for he had removed it, 
and plunged into the sea. What was he doing? You know what he was doing? Here's what he was doing. He was swimming to the shore. He figured this boat is not going to get me to Jesus fast enough. Now, why he puts on his outer garment and then jumps in, I have no idea. I think maybe he was just so excited and he's just like kind of delirious and like, where's my jacket? And then jumps in the water. But he jumps in the water and swims to shore. Why? Because the last time that he saw Jesus, he was being arrested. He was being crucified. And Peter walked out from that, that bonfire and wept bitterly because he had denied Jesus. And in Peter's mind, never again. I'm never letting that opportunity go by again. And he figures that Jesus is over there. I don't want any distance in between me and Jesus. Remember that? Remember he positioned himself. He put himself in a bad position. He figures at this point, I the only place I want to be is where Jesus is at. So he doesn't care who's watching, who's on the shore. He doesn't care about anything else. All he is concerned with is Jesus. And so he swims. In verse 8, but the other disciples came in the little boat, for they were not far from land, but about 200 cubits. They were dragging the net with fish. Then as soon as they had come to land, they saw a fire of coals there and fish laid on it and bread. Jesus has already, he's already got the, the, the food cooking. Nice fire there. And in verse 10, Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish which you have just caught. And look at this beginning in verse 11. Here's the next thing that Peter does. The first thing is he swims to close the gap between him and Jesus. I just want to be where Jesus is. Secondly, he serves Jesus. Jesus says, bring some of the fish. Peter says, I'll bring all the fish. Verse 11, Simon Peter went up and dragged the net to land full of large fish, 153, and although there were so many, the net was not broken. Jesus said to them, come and eat breakfast. Yet none of the disciples dared ask him, who are you, knowing that it was the Lord. Jesus then came and took the bread and gave it to them, and likewise the fish. This is now the third time Jesus showed himself to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. And then in verse 15, Jesus talks to Peter. So when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love? Now, Jesus, interesting, this is an interesting conversation here. And, and by reading our English translations, we don't get the full effect, but I'm going to help you out. There are two different words here used for love. Now, there are several different words describing different kinds of love. Because I love me a cheeseburger. I love pizza. I love my kids. I don't love pizza the same way that I love my kids. You get it? Everybody understands, right? You might love Chick-fil-A, but you don't love Chick-fil-A the way that you love your mom. It's different. So in the original language, there's different ways to say it. And Jesus, first of all, he says, Simon, son of Jonah, do you agape me? Agape, agapeo. Do you love me? unconditionally, self-sacrificially? Now, they both already know the answer to that question. Of course Peter doesn't. He already proved that at the, at the bonfire. Jesus is testing him. He says, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? You love me the most? He said to him, yes, Lord, 
You know that I love you. But the word is phileo. Jesus says, do you agape me? He says, yes, Lord, you know that I phileo you. Phileo? Like a phileo fish? What is he talking about? That's what I think of. I'm kind of hungry. Okay? Philadelphia. Anybody ever heard of Philadelphia? Yes? City of? <laughs> no, not fish, but city of brotherly love. Philadelphia. Phileo means brotherly love. So Jesus says, do you love me unconditionally? Peter says, yes. You know that I love you like a friend. Mm. Hold up. Like we're still in the friend zone? I thought, I thought we had moved past that. No, no. And he says to him in verse 15, feed my lambs. He said to him again a second time, son, Simon, son of Jonah, do you agape me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I phileo you. He said to him, tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you phileo me? Jesus, the third time he asks him, says, do you love me like a friend? And in verse 17, Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you phileo me? And he said to him, this is Peter's response, Lord, you know all things. You know that I phileo you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. You see, it was a harsh reminder of how Peter's love had failed. His own abilities had failed once. But this is actually part of the restoration process, remembering what we did. Remembering what we did and going, yeah, you know what? I blew it. I blew it back in February of this year. Or I really blew it last week. Or you know, I blew it in the summer. Man, I shouldn't have done that. Jesus knows. And he knows that your love is not perfected yet. He knows that. The best thing that we can do is let's just, let's just confess it. And so here what he does is he just submits. He goes, ah. It's like, Jesus, you know all things. You know that my love is it's not complete. It's not perfected yet. And Jesus says, hey, understand? He says, feed my sheep. I have a job for you. Feed my sheep. He says in verse 18, he tells Peter some bad news, actually. Most assuredly, I say to you, when you were younger, you girded yourself and walked where you wished. In other words, you dressed yourself. You walked wherever you want. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands, and another will gird you and carry you where you do not this he spoke signifying by what death he would glorify God and when he had spoken this he said to him follow me you see that restoration follow me he actually just revealed to Peter the way that he was going to die he says you're going to be crucified your arms are going to be stretched out people are someone's going to take you where you do not want to go history says that Peter was actually crucified upside down they were going to crucify him and he said no nah, you, you got to crucify me upside down. He said, I'm not worthy to be crucified the same way that my Lord was crucified. That was Peter at the end of his life. It completely changed. What happened? He had been restored by Jesus. That's what happened. And that happens in your life and in my life when we realize that, man, I've really, really blown it. I don't know if Jesus can still love me or not. And then you find out that not only can he still love you, but he still does. And he never stopped. And like in Nehemiah chapter 9, God says, or, or uh, I think it was Nehemiah, it might have been Ezra talking about God, but said, he says that God is ready to pardon. Did you know that? That if you messed up, God's waiting for you 
to ask for forgiveness because he's ready to pardon. He's just waiting for you to ask for forgiveness and then he can restore you and start all over again. Now, how about the finishing well part? Let's turn to Acts chapter 4, and that's where we will finish our study. See if we can get there. There we are. Acts chapter 4, and we will finish our study here to find out how to finish well. Okay, I messed up this year, and, um, you know, I blew it. I know that I blew it, but I see in here that, you know, Peter was restored. I can be restored. I need to, you know, confess it to Jesus. He knows who I am anyways. And I just need to confess it and receive his restoration. I just need to move forward. But but now what? Like, how do I move forward? How do I finish well? Uh, man, I mean, we, we, it's Wednesday already. That means I got Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday to finish off the calendar year strong. How do I do that? In Acts chapter 4. Now, what I did was I picked one of my favorite um, portions of Peter's life. This is certainly not the first. Peter in Acts chapter 2 is a changed man. He stands up and begins to preach boldly. And you see that in chapter 3, chapter 4, it goes on. But chapter 4 is a snapshot of Peter's life. Now, you also need to know this, that in Acts chapter 4, Peter's, I, I call it finishing well. Peter is, is by no means, is he finished in Acts chapter 4. But the reason I'm sharing this with you is because... What we see in chapter 4 consistently happens in Peter's life from that point on. From the time that he was restored, we see Peter consistently living well, living right, living for and with the Lord. And so I simply picked out a portion to give you an idea of what finishing well looks like. What did you read the scriptures? And history tells us that Peter finished well, in fact. It says in verse 1, now, you need to understand, here Peter and John are being arrested for, this is crazy, they're being arrested for preaching Jesus in the portico. That happened in Acts chapter 3. In other words, they were preaching in the temple, and they got arrested. You cannot be doing that. Isn't that crazy? Like, we think we live, like, in bad times, you know? We get, you know, we get all upset about, you know, the police or, you know, politics or whatever. These guys were preaching in the temple and got arrested. And so it says, now as they spoke to the people, the priests, the captain of the temple, and the Sadducees, these are all religious leaders, came upon them. Being greatly disturbed that they taught the people and preached in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. Which, by the way, the Sadducees did not believe in. Thinking, well, I thought they were religious leaders. They were, but they didn't believe in the resurrection. What a trip. Verse 3, and they laid hands on them and put them in custody until the next day, for it was already evening. However, many of those who heard the word believed, and the number of men came to be about 5,000. That's 5,000 new Christians. That's what that's talking about, because they heard the preaching. Verse 5, and it came to pass on the next day that their rulers, elders, and scribes, as well as Annas, the high priest, Caiaphas, John, and Alexander, and as many as were of the family of the high priest were gathered together at Jerusalem. And when they had set them, that's Peter and John, in the midst, they asked, By what power or by what name have you done this? Now in verse 8, it tells us plainly there, Then Peter filled with the Holy Spirit. I put that as one of my sub points. 
He was spirit-filled. This is going to make all the difference in the life of Peter. He goes from being Simon-filled to being spirit-filled. What does it mean to be spirit-filled? Well, it helps to understand what it means to be Simon-filled. What does that mean? Well, if we were to say, I am Chris-filled, that means that I do what Chris, me, wants to do. I don't do what God wants to do. I do what I want to do. That's what it means to be Chris-filled or Simon-filled. So what does it then mean to be Spirit-filled? It means you do what the Spirit wants you to do. Then Peter filled with the Holy Spirit. So he's, he's there's, there's, no, there's no Peter in there. He's, Peter's gone. He's now been filled with the Holy Spirit. And now that he's filled with the Spirit, he said to them, rulers of the people and elders of Israel. And he begins to talk to all of these religious leaders. Because he's Spirit-filled, oops, did I not put it up there? I did not. I am sorry. I forgot to add it in there. Because he is spirit-filled, what we see in the remaining verses is boldness. If you're taking notes. Boldness. Because he is spirit-filled, it results in different things. Other things also. But boldness is what we see here. And the same thing is true for you and I. I get scared in certain situations because of me because I think to myself I don't I don't know if I can handle this I don't know if I have the ability to do this I don't know if I can answer their questions so I get scared but when I am filled with the spirit and if and in Ephesians 5:18 Paul said do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation but be filled with the spirit instead of being filled up with wine and all kinds of other things be filled with the spirit it's a choice I yield or let the Holy Spirit lead me. It's not something magical. It's not mystical. Like, oh my gosh, you know, I'm spirit-filled. Okay, am I hovering yet or am I glowing in the dark? It's not what it is. It means that the Spirit, I allow the Spirit to use the Word of God, and that's how I make my decisions. I go, hey, it says that I need to love my, my enemy. So if it's, if, it's, if it's just Chris doing it, I'm not loving my enemies. No way. But if the Spirit, if I allow the Holy Spirit to, 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 to fill me, then I go, love your enemies? All right. Okay. I can do that. I can do that. Because that's what the Spirit's telling me to do. That's what he's leading me to do. Now, what happens is Peter goes on to preach to these leaders. It's crazy. Look at verse 13 of Acts chapter 4. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men... They marveled, uneducated and untrained. I like that. And they realized that they had been with Jesus. That's what happens. If you've been with Jesus, like Peter had, remember, he jumped off the boat. He's like, no, there's, there's no more distance between me and Jesus. Now it's me and Jesus. And here's the evidence of it. They're looking and they go, oh, man. How can Peter, how does Peter know all these things? He's uneducated and untrained. Ah, oh, he's been with Jesus. They saw the man who had been healed. He was part of the problem. It's, a, it's an incredible story. 
But look at this in verse 19. But Peter, and, now, so they tell him, Peter and John, you got to shut up. You got to stop preaching. Here's Peter and John's response. Peter and John answered and said to them, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you more than to God, you judge. Here it is. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. So when they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding no way of punishing them because of the people, since they all glorified God for what had been done. There is the evidence of Peter. Now this is not, again, he's not finished here. But this consistently happens in Peter's life. It is evident that yes, he fell, but he was forgiven and that he finished well. How do I finish well? Listen, I already know that I fell, right? I go, man, I fell this year. I, did, I blew it. Well, the best thing that you can do is do what Peter did and just go, you know what, Lord? I phileo you. That's the truth. That's just the truth. That's where I'm at right now. And allow the Lord to restore me. And then it's time to go. And when I go, I want to be filled or led by the Holy Spirit. I want to know what God's word tells me to do and then do that. And then it will become evident. They'll go, man, what's, what, what happened in you? What, what, what changed? Because, man, I knew you in 23. But you came back from break. Something's different. You've been with Jesus, haven't you? That's what happens. Because then the Holy Spirit is leading you. And you say things like this. Listen, you can, you can decide what's, what's, what's right between you and God. But for, listen, we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. That's Peter going, no, I'm, I'm not going to shut up. Remember Peter? He was the one that the little girl, the little servant girl said, wait a minute. Weren't you with Jesus? He got scared. No, 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 that wasn't me. Now he's talking to the leaders of Israel and going, no, I can't shut up. No, you can threaten me, you can beat me, you can do whatever you want. I, I'm, I am not going to shut up. What changed? What changed was he had fallen, he had been forgiven, he had been restored, and now he was no longer Simon-filled, now he was spirit-filled. Father, thank you so much for tonight and for your word.